Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. Gosh, I've got so much to share with you. I'm really excited. And I don't have one reason in the natural to be excited today. But I don't live in that realm. I live in the supernatural. And you should too. And let me just tell you something. You better learn to talk to your soul. You better learn to say, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? You hope in God. I will again praise him, the health of my countenance and my God. What is that? That's your spirit speaking to your mind, will, and emotions. And if your spirit speaks to your mind, will, and emotions, your body will listen. Because spiritual order is not what you hear all the time. Body, soul, and spirit, that is so wrong. That is a perversion of the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, May the God of peace sanctify you whole and may your whole spirit, soul, and body. What was last? But I'm telling you, the majority of humanity lives by what their body dictates. I don't feel like getting out of bed. I don't feel like going there. Here's the worst part. I don't feel good. Well, then that's how you're going to stay. I'm determined that my spirit will rule my thoughts. I'm going to tell you a story at the end. I've really come into some revelations. This has been a a whirlwind of the past five days. And I brought something today. Some of you may not know what this is. (laughs) I hope you have one. Now, I do use my phone and I do use a Bible app only so I can quickly look up different translations without pulling up 10 different books. Because usually my dog is on my lap and I'm trying to navigate everything. But I still, this is my primary source and resource. So I hope you have one. Young people, I hope you have one. I've seen young people that do not own a Bible. Well, I've got this. Well, this is not a substitute for this. The Apostle John said, we read it last week, our hands have handled the word of life. And so we're talking about making God's word your final authority. Super excited about today. I really am. I'm super excited about the next few weeks. Next week, we're going to talk about, are you ready? Making God's word the final authority for your health. And that doesn't mean you don't go to the doctor. Okay, what the doctor tells you is a fact, and facts can kill you. Did you hear me? Facts can kill you. But you're going to see today that the truth, which is the word of God, who is Jesus, trumps the facts. So as you rely on the word of God, the word of God will direct you. So I don't know how long we're going to be doing this. I mean, we might do it till Jesus comes, but I cannot tell you the trajectory 
uh, and the speed and the trajectory at which my life is changing right now. And I've been walking this for 49 years. So that gives me a little bit of um, wiggle room over some of you 20-year-olds. And I love you. Today we're going to talk about allowing the truth to set you free. That has been one of the most unquoted scriptures in the Bible. I've seen unbelievers. I've seen uh, parades and all kinds of things where they'll have the banner. The truth will set you free or the truth will make you free. That Greek word means make or free or set. But they're just using it because it's a good cliche, not because it's the word of life. So as a quick review, and this is still, you can get this on podcast, chosenessay.com. I really encourage you to listen to last week. It is so far still on live stream. You can watch it. I probably am having more and more people tell me it's much easier to listen to a podcast than to watch. And it certainly is easier for me. So last week we talked about making God's word your final authority. And what we saw, the main thing is that This book is not about somebody. This book is somebody. The Apostle John, who actually handled the word of life, Jesus, said in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So as we renew our mind, Jesus is the word. Jesus is the truth. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed before he went to the cross to become the sacrifice and the payment for our sin. Jesus said to the Father, sanctify or set them apart in the truth. My word is truth. So Jesus is the word. Jesus is the truth, the way and the life. So you can use wherever you see Jesus, you can say word. Wherever you see Jesus, you can say truth. Wherever you see word, you can say truth. Wherever you see truth, you can say word. It's all the same. He's all the same. And so as we renew our mind, let's get that in us and not treat the word of life as a little bread box that has scripture in it every morning. And there's nothing wrong with pulling a scripture out of the bread box, but I certainly hope your life is more than that. Nothing wrong with devotionals. They're great. I read a phenomenal one this morning. But I hope you do more than that. Because in Joshua 1, the Lord said to Joshua, this book, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it night and day. Why? So that you can do what is written in it, and then your way will be prosperous, and then you will have good success. When? When this is your life, when this is your roadmap, this is your guidepost. This morning, okay, let's see, I found it on my phone, so give me a minute, because during the wonderful worship time, um, the Lord showed me this, and I thought it was so cool. Um, So this is in Mark 4, verse 35. On that same day, when evening had come, Jesus said to the disciples, now listen, this is the word speaking. Let us go to the other side of the lake. What does that mean? 
it means they were going to get there. Jesus said, let us go to the other side of the lake. That means they were going to get to the other side. But oh, when Christians, we get a word like that and we think, no problem. We'll just zip through. But there was something to meet them on the way to the other side. I thought someday I'm going to teach a message called the other side and what it takes to get there. And he left the throng and they took him with them just as he was in the boat and other boats were with him. And a furious storm of wind and hurricane proportions arose and the waves kept beating upon the boat so that it was already becoming filled. But Jesus himself was in the stern of the boat asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and they said to him, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? Now we've done this dozens of times. The storm always says two things. God doesn't care, and you're going to die. So learn to recognize the voice of the storm and know that's what it is. It's the voice of the lie. But see, if you, if you, get, if you believe that and you receive that into yourself, God doesn't care, and you're going to die then that's probably the direction. Because, see, you're, you will always follow the direction of your heart. You always will. And let me just tell you something right now because I have to get it off my chest. Don't you ever let me hear you say, well, that's my truth, unless it's the Word of God. <laughs> In Revelation 19 and verse 12, it says the title by which Jesus is called is the word of God. The DNA of God Almighty is in the word of God, period. And so here we go. Don't you care? We are perishing. I mean, you got to love the disciples. They had so much nerve. I don't even have this much nerve, and I'm pretty nervy. <laughs> and Jesus arose, and he rebuked the wind. And he said, now, if he rebuked the wind, where was it coming from? A nice little rain shower or something the devil sent to kill, till, and still kill and destroy. He rebuked the wind and he said, he used words to the sea. Hush now, be still and muzzled. And the wind ceased. And this is so good. And sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating. You see, because wind is something created by God. It's a lovely thing. I mean, there's nothing that feels better on a hot day than going out and a wind blowing. Even if it's a warm wind, it still feels good. But because the wind was incited by demonic forces, even the natural God-created wind was exhausted when the voice of the enemy was propelling it. And there was immediately a great calm and a perfect peaceableness. And Jesus said to them, I am so sorry that I was asleep on the job. No, that's not what he said. He said, why are you so timid and fearful? How is it that you have no faith, no firmly relying trust? I mean, after all, he told them, let us go to the other side. They were in obedience. 
They could have said, no, Lord, we're tired. Let's wait until tomorrow. Just because you're being attacked by a storm does not mean you're out of the will of God. In fact, it could very well mean you are right in the middle of the will of God. And if you don't have any storms in your life, enjoy it. It will not last. And, you know, you might say, well, those people, I've heard people say this. Well, those people, they don't even serve God. They don't even know the Lord. They don't even read the word of God. They have a, a problem-free life. Yeah, until the devil's through with you. And then guess what? Pow. Tragedy. Don't be fooled. And they were filled with great awe and feared exceedingly and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? In Paul and Philippians and chapter 3 and verse 10, the apostle Paul said, and I'm doing this, my determined purpose is that I may know him. What happened? He had a determination that I may know him, the word, the truth, Jesus, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Oh, I don't like that part. Well, you got to know the word. 1 Peter 4, 1 and 2 says the suffering of Christ was to cease from sin. Jesus bore our sin and paid the penalty on the cross. But he spent 33 years of his life resisting every lie of the devil. Remember, we looked at the temptation last week where he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. Now, some of you that are my age, and the young people, I promise you don't know this because they're in museums now. But we used to have typewriters. <laughs> and it had a little handle. And you would type and then shoop, type. Shoop. And the day came when the most miraculous thing happened. A little white pen was invented. And when you made a mistake, you could cover it and go back. And then a more miraculous thing happened because IBM Selectrix came out and they would do it for you. My husband still has an IBM Selectric. Not because he's outdated, but because they actually could be a lot more convenient and the hard drive never crashes. And my grandchildren love to go to the office and see that thing. They have so much fun. And Randy is, they're going to break it, they're going to break it, they're going to break it. But I mean, we honestly have to learn that along the road of life, sometimes you have to throw that handle to get to the next line. And it can be really hard. But if Jesus has told you something, you can bet your life that even though there's a storm and everything looks dark, he will fulfill it. And I am seeing the fulfillment of a promise, two of them actually, that are long ago given. But I'm telling you right now, I've never given up. What I have to resist is the lie. Can it really be that God has said, 
And I've heard that voice many times. But I'm choosing life. I'm choosing the truth. When Paul said, my determined purpose is that I may know him, that word is gnosko, and it's the same word for intimacy. You know what that is, right? John 8, let's get to the misquoted scripture, because you see, you always hear John 8, 32, the truth will set you free, but there's more to it, so let's find out. Verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, if, if, say if, it is a conditional promise. If you abide in my word, the Amplified Classic says, hold fast to my teaching and live in accordance with them. You abide in your home. You don't abide in a hotel. You visit a hotel but you remain and continue in your home. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, if you make my word your home, here you go, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's conditional. If you live in my word, if you make my word your final authority and give it first place, then you will know Gnosko, the truth, the word, Jesus. And the truth, the word, Jesus, will set you free. I just think that is such good news. So let's look at the context here of what he's saying. It's making the word of God your first place and your final authority. Nothing trumps over that word. You don't let the storm negate the word. There are things that Jesus, the word, the truth has told me. And every storm in hell comes against me to negate it and to try to make me believe I didn't hear God. And here's what happens. Well, God didn't keep his promise. No, I ate the fruit of lies. Let's go back to the garden. God's word was true. They had eternal life. You can eat of any tree of the garden, including the tree of life, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat it. They had access to everything phenomenal and beautiful and good and perfect. And you know what I always think is interesting? If you read the account in Genesis, the rivers that contained gold and silver and precious were all outside of the garden. You know why? They didn't eat it. The gold standard of heaven is faith. In the word of God. The treasury department of heaven is faith in the word of God. Remember that the currency of heaven is faith in the word of God. And how does faith come? By reading the word of God and hearing it and doing it. All right, so here comes the Pharisees. They answered him, verse 33. We are Abraham's offspring, and we've never been in bondage to anybody. What do you mean by saying you will be set free? It's the voice of the devil right there. And Jesus answered them, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, whoever commits and practices sin is a slave of sin. Wow, what a rebuke. Now, a slave does not remain in a household permanently. The son of the house does remain forever. So, 
If the son liberates you and makes you free, then you are unquestionably free. Who is that to those who remain in his word? If the son, the word, the truth sets you free, then you will be free. But you can't do it apart from this. The biggest selling book in history is still this. Period. I told you last week that my life changed in the shower one day when I was asking God for one thing. Lord, if, if I only had one request from you, it would be to have a pure heart. If you were here, you heard me say that. And it's because I was so tired. I was a young woman. I was in my 20s. And I was so tired of struggling. I was so tired of struggling with insecurity and inferiority and inadequacy and shame and fear and envy. I was exhausted from it. Comparisons and I just wanted a pure heart. And here's why. I read this little scripture in The Truth, The Word, who is Jesus, in Matthew 5, 7. And it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And the Lord spoke to me through my teacher, the Holy Spirit, Hebrews 4, 12. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to divide your soul and spirit, your joints and marrow, and discern the thoughts and intentions of your heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but you are all naked and laid bare before the eyes of him with, with which we have to do. It goes on to say, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens to our help. So we can come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And I had need. I had so much need. And I needed grace to help. And he spoke Hebrews 4.12 to me. And I was awed. Because I knew if I allowed the sword, the word, the truth, who is Jesus, to divide all my motives, that I would be okay. And I mentioned last week that I had read that it's like a scalpel and then... Um, one of our ladies came up and she goes, that's the message. And it says, God means what he says. What he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one can resist God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. Isn't that awesome? It's as sharp as a surgeon's scalpel. Now, I don't know if you ever watch any of the, you know, Discovery Channel and all that stuff. And, or, you know, I've had people, I don't know why, but I've had people that are going to have surgery. And they say to me, well, I watched it before I had it on YouTube. I can't think of anything worse in my life. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if you've ever seen a surgery, that scalpel is so sharp that all they do is just shoop and you just go filleted right there. And I think it's cool to think of the word of God like that. Whatever you're going through today, if you will submit to the word who is Jesus, who is the truth, the way and the life, if you will, it'll just fillet you, lay you right open. And then the surgeon can do surgery on you and deliver you from your fears. In Psalm 34, he said, I sought the Lord. He heard me. 
He delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him, the word, the truth, and they were radiant, and their face shall never blush for shame or be confused. This poor woman cried, and the Lord heard her and delivered her from all her trouble. I mean, I think it's how cool is that? Psalm 34 is one of my favorite. Now, this is going to really get you. I just, I, you know, I wasn't playing Christian roulette. You know what that is, right? You know, whatever the Bible falls open to, that's it. And then it opens to, and Jesus want, uh, Judas went and hung himself, go and do you likewise. See, that's dangerous. But when I opened my Bible, it did open to this. Isaiah 7, 9 through 12. This is super cool. If you will not believe and trust and rely on God and on his words of the words of God's prophet instead of Assyria, because Assyria was threatening them. So if you will not believe and trust and rely on God and on the words of his prophets instead of Assyria, surely you will not be established nor will you remain. Now listen to this. I mean, this is so awesome. Moreover, the word of the Lord spoke again to King Ahaz and said, ask for yourself a sign, a token or a proof of the Lord your God, one that will convince you that God has spoken and he will keep his word. Are you ready for this? Ask it either in the depth below or the height above. Let it be as deep as Shoal or as high as heaven. Now, can you imagine God saying, ask for a sign? It can be as high as you can imagine. It can be as low as you can go. But ask anything, any sign. And Ahaz said, I will not. Neither will I tempt the Lord. Well, you know, without going into the whole passage, God got mad. But I did that one time. I asked the Lord. I needed, desperately needed confirmation, as we all do sometime. And I said, Lord, give me a sign. And immediately my teacher, the Holy Spirit, spoke to me. He said, I've given you a sign, the sign of the cross. And that's not this. That's the fullness of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement that we needed to obtain peace and well-being fell upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. That's the sign. And I took it. John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words, the truth, who is Jesus, that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. Romans 8, 2, the law, a law is something that governs, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, who is the word, sets you free from the law or governance of sin and death. I'm taking it. I'm taking the law of the spirit of life. I am choosing life. Deuteronomy 30, 19, it's an open book test. I have set before you life and death, the blessings and the curses. Choose life that you may live. And you know what's so cool? We can ask our teacher, the Holy Spirit, for the answer. We can ask our friends, our mentors, our pastors for the answer. You're not going to get caught cheating on this test. He already gave you the answer. 
choose life. What life? The law of the spirit of life. What life? I am the way, the truth, and the life. The words I speak to your spirit and life. Choose life. What does that mean? Go to the other side. Yeah, there's going to be a storm on the way, and even the wind, even nature is exhausted from its beating. I don't always like nature, do you? I mean, I had paid, I won't even tell you how much, to have my backyard re-landscape last spring. You know, because we had snowmageddon, <laughs> and that destroyed my beautiful landscape. And then the following year, 20-whatever it was, what, what year are we in? 2023. <laughs> so I think it was, we, we had snow in 2021, right? Yes. Yeah. And then in 2022, we had another prolonged hard freeze. And I'm speaking to nature. Excuse me, this is South Texas. I live here for a reason. If I wanted Montana, I would go there. <laughs> and so... But surely it's over, and so we paid quite a bit of money and had the beautiful landscape. I mean, my, my yard looked like Eden. It was gorgeous. And then in December, what on earth? I mean, it's usually warm in December, but we have three days of 15 degrees. Poof. So I've made a decision. I told Randy last night, look, we're, let's just cement the yard and paint it green. <laughs> Nobody will ever know the difference. Or if you know of a plant that doesn't freeze and doesn't do drought and doesn't, let me know. I'm tired of spending money on it. Proverbs 4. We are really going to look at this next week, but I'm going to read it to you today. My son or my daughter, attend to my words. What does that mean? Pay attention. Consent and submit to my sayings. What does that mean? You've got to obey. I mean, if, if you tell your kids, go to your room, and they say, yes, ma'am, and they stay outside. Well, they consented, but they didn't submit. So you can say, yay, yay, Lord. But if, you don't, if you're not a doer of the word then you're not paying attention. Don't let them depart from your sight. Keep my word, the word, the truth of Jesus, Jesus in the center of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. They are life to those who find them. Life, spirit of life, DNA of God. They are life to those who find them. And look, healing and health to all their flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. And above all that you guard, you see, your heart is your garden. The tree of life, who is Jesus, is in your heart if you've made him your Lord and Savior. If you haven't done that, just do it right now. Jesus, I invite you into my life. Forgive me for my sins and help me to live my life according to your purpose. It's not hard. Then get in a good church that teaches the word of God. Keep and guard your heart, your garden, your Eden with all vigilance. Now, who's he saying that to? You. Whose responsibility is it? Yours, mine. And above all that you guard, for out of it flow, here we go, the springs of life. His word is life. Put away from you false and dishonest speech. That means we don't say anything contrary to the word of God. Don't say anything but this. Attend to my words. 
and willful and contrary talk put far from you. So when you say things against the word of God, you are using your will to contradict his word. Oh, Sandy, this is just really hard. Well, let me just tell you something. It's harder to not do it. Let your eyes look right on. This is my fixed purpose. And let your gaze be straight before you on what his word. And consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established in order to write. You know what I think is, I, I think it's humorous, but maybe it's not humorous. But I have so many people tell me, I just love your stories. Well, I'm glad you do. But I'd rather you tell me you love the word. I only use my personal life to help you understand and make it relatable. But you don't live your life by every story that comes from whomever you're listening to. In my 20s and 30s, I was so insecure. I told you that. But I had to allow the word to become my mirror. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, I love this, in 17. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and emancipation from bondage. Back to John 8.36. You continue in his word, and the truth will set you free, and you're truly his disciples. But you've got to do it his way, not yours. And not a watered-down version, and not an edited version. You know, people go to churches where there's a red pen and where the word has been edited. I won't. I won't do it. But in, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, In all of us with an unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is a spirit. So when you look in the word of God, you let the word of God be your mirror. You are who he says you are. You can do what he says you can do. I love what Jesus said in John 14. I think it's verse 17. I'm not sure. But he said that it is the father in me that does the works. So in his miracles, it was the father in him. And I'm looking in the mirror and I'm going, it's the father in me who does the work. I have, I'm telling you right now, I have every reason right now in the natural realm, and I'll tell you more about it in a little bit, to be discouraged, to be defeated, to be depressed, to be in doubt. I have every reason to be right now. And yet I have more hope, more joy, and more confidence than I've ever had. But here's why. It's not because I'm in denial. It's because this is my mirror. And most of us live out of conditioned responses that are in our subconscious, and we just were zombies. And I learned over the last few days, sometimes there's a holy numbness or an autopilot that the Lord allows you to have to get through a crisis. And that's okay. I told you about how last year I fell and I sprained my wrist and I didn't even know I had, literally. And all of a sudden that night, you know how you go into hospital and you see the pain chart? And one is this, and 10 is ah! And I was 10. I mean, it just pow, hit me like that. And I was crying so hard. And Randy was, I mean, he really relies on me where the home and taking care of him is concerned. It just annoys my children to the core. <laughs> 
But we, you know, we've done it for 49 years, so I don't think that's going to change. And so, and I don't want it to. So just tell your grown kids, what's a nice word for shut up? <laughs> Be quiet. And so, I mean, he was standing over me going, what, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I mean, he was ready to take me to the emergency room. I said, just pray. And so he prayed. It stopped. And so later on, I was telling my youngest, who is a nurse, I said, I just don't get it. I was fine. I mean, I was bruised, but I was fine. And, and she said, do you know what adrenaline is, Mom? It is the most powerful narcotic. And your adrenaline was going. It's a very hard fall. Ask Pam. She saw it. She pushed me. No, you didn't. <laughs> no I'm teasing. She didn't push me. Did you? But it was, it was a very hard fall. I mean, the sidewalk had raised. And, you know, I didn't see it. I was preoccupied. And my toe just caught it and pow. And so, but I didn't even know that adrenaline was a narcotic. But trust me, I would like some every day. <laughs> so sometimes the Lord gives us a spiritual narcotic, so to speak, to sustain us through a crisis, and then reality hits. But I am determined to live deliberately on purpose and with intention. And the Apostle Paul said, I think it's Ephesians 5, I'd need to look it up. He said, now I'm going to look it up right now. You have a minute? All right. I love a captive audience. Okay, let's see if I... Here we go. It's Ephesians 5, 15. Look carefully how you walk. Live purposefully, worthily, and accurately. Not as the unwise and witless, but as the wise, sensible, intelligent people making the very most. Bind up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understand... And firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. How good is that? Live on purpose. Not out of the world's conditioned responses. Now, I put that last part in. And so I started to look in the Word of God and make the Word of God my mirror. Hebrews 12, 2 says, look away from all that will distract to Jesus. What does that mean? Look away from all that will distract to the Word, to the truth. James 1, 17, every good and perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. So God's yes is yes, his no is no. He's not shifting. You know, like I can see my shadow here behind me and it's skinny. But if I get in a different light, then it's bigger. Or I can be really tall, much taller than I am. Or I could be really short. Shadows shift. They're deceptive. But there is no shifting shadow with him. Isn't that good? Oh, it gets better. Verse 18. And it was of his own free will. He gave us birth by his word of truth. That we should be the first fruits of who he created us to be. Understand this, my beloved brethren. Let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow 
to take offense and get angry. For man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness and in a humble spirit receive and welcome the word, the truth, who is Jesus. It has the power to save your soul, mind, will, and emotions. But be a doer of the word and not merely a listener, betraying yourselves, here you go, into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. I told you last week, greatest enemy of faith is reason. You know who what my hero in the Bible is? Mary, the one who is uh, related, who is a sibling to Martha and to Lazarus. And remember the story in Luke chapter 10 where Jesus went there for dinner. How fun is that? I mean, yeah, who are you having for dinner? Jesus. <laughs> he went there for dinner and Martha, Martha was, she was a great servant. She was so busy preparing a beautiful meal. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, just listening. And Martha was quick to get offended. So she went to Jesus. Now, what a good relationship. She thought she could complain to the word. And she went to Jesus. And she said, don't you care? Here we go again. I'm paraphrasing it. I'm doing everything. Tell her. She didn't even say, would you please ask Mary to help me? Tell her to help me. And remember what Jesus said to her? Oh, Martha, Martha. If, if Jesus says your name twice, you're in trouble. <laughs> there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the good portion. That which is to her advantage, which shall not be taken away from her. The modern version says she's chosen what is better. The Holman says Mary has made the right choice. The contemporary version says Mary has chosen what is best. And the literal standard version says Mary has chosen what is better. I love Mary. And that's what I choose. Hebrews 1 and verse 1 and through 4. In many separate revelations, which, each of which is set forth a portion of the truth who is the word, who is Jesus. And in different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. But in the last days, he has spoken to us in the person of a son whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things and by whom he created the worlds and the reaches of space, the ages of time. Wow. He's the sole expression. Who? The word the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being the outraying and radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. He upholds, he maintains, he guides, he propels the universe by his mighty word of power. His mighty word of power. The word of God is living and active and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword or a surgeon's scalpel. His word is power. We're just going to keep looking at that, looking at that, looking at that, looking at that. So I want to invite you today to serve the truth. Jesus is the truth, John 14, 6. His word is truth, John 17, 17. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth, Psalm 25, 10. Mercy and truth, that's the word, 
have met together. Truth springs from the earth, Psalm 85, 10 and 11. The law of truth is in my mouth, Malachi 2, 6. Let not mercy and truth leave you, Proverbs 3, 3. I'm going to close by giving you a testimony of what my life has been like since Friday. As you know, my family and I have been in a storm for my little sister, Kathy. And I know you know about that. I'm not going to go into details. And we refuse to walk by what we see. We refuse. And my mother, who in two months will be 91, we call my mother the Energizer Bunny. And despite that she has lost her hearing... And the reason, by the way, I just do want to say, although I really received Jesus as my great physician, he is still Jehovah Rapha. God has put most doctors on earth for a good reason. And we thank the Lord for them. And, um, but my grandparents didn't believe in doctors for a long time. And, um, so my mother had repeated ear infections as a child, and they wouldn't take her to the doctor. So as a result, it did extensive, extensive damage. And over the years, not only did she gradually lose her hearing, but she developed the most horrific noises in her head. And honestly, if an ENT doctor puts a stethoscope up to here, you can hear these noises. You know when there's alert on TV and it goes boop, 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 and you just want to shut that down. That's one of them. And despite what I think would drive a lot of people into insanity, my mother has more courage than anyone I've ever known. And I'm not exaggerating. To live the way she's lived and to serve the way she serves is absolutely, she's a, she is truly a champion and one of my heroes in that. My mother is tiny, tiny. How many of you have never seen my mother? Raise your hand if you've never seen my mother. Oh, okay. Well, if you're a Facebook friend, they're not really friends, but whatever. But if you're a Facebook friend, you can get on and scroll my pictures and see her on her 90th birthday. Itty bitty. I mean, she's about this tall and weighs about 94, 95 pounds. She's just itty bitty. Uh, gave her last two children, my two, two of my sisters, are... Um, Twins, and one weighed six pounds and one weighed six and a half pounds. And she delivered through the birth canal. And one was breech. Now, if you know anything, you know that even today, if a baby's breached, more than likely you're going to have a cesarean. And so anyway, and I, did I leave out that she took no anesthesia? <laughs> And Christine Kane calls an epidural the fourth person of the Trinity. She didn't take that. <laughs> and so she was so large. The way they found out she was having twins is that she was eight months pregnant and couldn't find fit behind a steering wheel anymore. I still remember because I was nine years old. And I mean, she was literally, she wasn't like this. She was like this. 
Before she got out of bed in the morning, my dad had to take uh, ace bandages and start here and wrap her legs really tightly so the blood would, otherwise she would faint. I, I remember sitting in our uh, living room the first time it happened and my mother fainted and my father happened to catch her. And after that, he would have to wrap her legs. So I'm just, just want you to know what a great lady she is. And um, so Friday, I get a call in the afternoon. It was about two, about three o'clock. And one of my sisters was hysterically screaming. I mean, I was like, I cannot understand what you're saying. She was completely panicked. And she was yelling, mom fell, EMS is coming. And my mother still works full time. I've told you this. She works six days a week and drives a truck. So don't tell me about your problems. <laughs> and she had put the dog, who is, as far as I'm concerned, a very wild dog, in her truck and forgot something. She was rushing to go help my sister. And she either missed a step or stepped down wrong or whatever. And she heard snap. And the resident, she's property manager. A lot of the residents heard her scream. And they love my mother. I mean, my mother is Mother Teresa. Love her. And we live in such a motherless society now that many of them have adopted her as her, their mother, grandmother. And uh, she's always sending me the notes they send her. And she's very words of affirmation, which I'm not. <laughs> and so anyway, um, so EMS came and they thought she had broken her hip. And they wouldn't take her to where we wanted her to go. They said, we have to take her to a level one trauma center. And so we went to university. And so I've been at university for the past four or five days, and I will. T and she broke her femur, actually. It was not her hip. And through the favor of God, the wonderful favor of God, Dr. Adam Brueggemann, who is a member of this church, and I love him. He is a phenomenal doctor. If you ever need spine surgery, and I hope you don't, I give 100%. Candy Wright, because Candy went to him. He's a phenomenal surgeon. And uh, I called him and I said, we just, do you have any cloud? He goes, well, I'm happy to be friends with the head trauma surgeon. And he called him and this man said, I just happen to be working tomorrow, which was a Saturday. And the hospital themselves told me it's a skeleton crew. <laughs> and it certainly was in the ER on Friday night. And when I tell you the ER was packed, Packed, and it's huge. It's as big as this room. Packed. And the halls in the actual ER were lined with stretchers. People on their side, not conscious. Str stretchers. I cannot, anybody ever been in the university ER? Don't ever go again. And found out later through a nurse who was, an RN in ER for 13 years at university. It's a great hospital, by the way. That many people, it was a cold night, are homeless, and they actually come sit there for warmth. They're not even sick. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I 
you know, I've heard the Lord say, I've also sent you here to pray for these people. And so all the nurses, you know, the nurses came in and, and my mother was in excruciating pain. And then, of course, they give you the narcotics, which make you nauseated and pain and nausea. It is not a honeymoon. And every time she would just scream in pain. And you know what's so cool? My daughters and I were in there and... Um, two of my sisters, every time she would scream in pain, I, we would like in a symphony say, Jesus, you know, you don't have to go. In the name of Jesus, I beseech you, oh, almighty God. Say the name. Just say the name. And in unison, we would all say Jesus, and it would subside, and it would happen again, and we'd say Jesus. And so we've been juggling because, you know, mother was my sister's primary caregiver between caring for my sister and caring for my mother. And I want to tell you something. At first I felt numb and I thought, is something wrong with me? And then that's why I told the adrenaline story because there's a spiritual adrenaline. And I had that. I don't have it now. But I don't need it. Because you know what? God made cats for a reason. They always land on their feet. He has made you and me to land on our feet. And I'm telling you, if the word were not my delight, I would have perished. The, the word of God is my comfort. The word of God revives me. I am not in denial. But I am in victory. I'm not walking by what I see. I don't like hospitals, by the way. If you're a nurse, I worship you. Not really, but I remember I used to keep my oldest grandson of my youngest when she was a nurse. When he was born, I kept her, kept him. And uh, she would come in from being with patients. And I'm not telling, I'm telling you the truth. She would take off her shoes before she entered the door. And she would strip off her clothes. I would have clothes waiting. In fact, in the hospital, you know how you pull those curtains? So we're pulling the curtains, and she goes, oh, just wanted you to know that a lot of staff lives on those curtains. Uh, we're like, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, your hands get raw from washing them. And so I come in from the hospital, and I would imitate what she'd do. I take off my shoes, take off my clothes. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want my husband to get the wrong idea. But <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, so... I just, I don't like hospitals, but I thank God for them. And this is what the Lord gave me the other day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. It's so beautiful. Proverbs 8, 4 through 9. This is the passion. I'm calling on you, sons of Adam. Yes, and to you, daughters, as well. Listen to me, and you will be prudent and wise. Even the foolish and feeble can receive an understanding heart that will change their inner being. The meaning of my words will release within you revelation for you to reign in life. My lyrics will empower you to live by what is right. For everything I say, this is wisdom talking, who is Jesus, is unquestionably true. And I refuse to endure the lies of lawlessness. My words will never lead you astray. All the declarations of my mouth can be trusted. 
They contain no twisted logic or perversion of the truth. Who is Jesus? Who is a word? All my words are clear and straightforward to everyone who possesses spiritual understanding. If you have an open mind, you will receive revelation knowledge. You see, you can understand his word. So I'm going to leave you today with a choice. It's a hard choice, but it's an easy answer. In John 8, 43 through 47, Jesus said, Why do you misunderstand what I say? It's because you're unable to hear what I'm saying. And he's talking to the Pharisees. You are of your father, the devil. And it is your will to practice the lust and gratify the desires, which are characteristic of your father, the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth, who is the word, who is Jesus, because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him. For he is a liar and the father of lies and what is false. But because I speak the truth, you don't believe me. Whoever is of God, Jesus said, listens to God. And this is the reason you don't listen to me, because you don't belong to the truth. I never want that said of me. The psalmist prayed in Psalm 25, 5, lead me in your truth and teach me. So here is what I leave you with. You can either serve the liar by believing the lie, or you can serve the truth by believing the word, who is Jesus. I don't live by what I see. I don't live by what I feel. If I did, I couldn't be up here today. It doesn't mean I never have a bad day. It doesn't mean that arrows of discouragement don't try to hit me. But my daughters will tell you, I get on my feet really fast. It is a truth that you know and do that will make you free. Choose life. Life is the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.